Hi everyone and welcome to Human Design 101. I'm Paula Fehrmann, your host, qualified life trust coach and human design fanatic. I guide my clients to become their own experts by understanding and more importantly living their design. When I first came to human design, I was so overwhelmed by the triangles, squares, arrows and numbers in the chart that I didn't touch it for more than a year. However, my human design experiment has been the most important transformation in my life, which is why I want to show you how you can use your design as a simple tool to heal, transform, integrate, grow and ultimately become your own expert. No more looking for the experts outside of you. Keep listening and learning here on the podcast, reach out for private coaching or book a chart reading with me. Let's talk Human Design 101. Hi everybody and welcome back to Human Design 101. Today I've got a super special guest with me, Laura Tynan, also known as the Witch of Wall Streets and she is our manifester today. I've brought her on to show you a that you don't really need to know and study human design in depth to be in alignment. And so if you're a manifester, how to get in alignment and if you have manifests around you, how to work with them, how to speak to them, how to recognize them in the way that they deserve. So hi, Laura. It's so good to have you today. Hi, Paula. I feel like the alien. I'm like, how to understand these creatures called manifestors. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got an episode for each type. So why it feels like that right now, um, we're just setting you into the spotlight to get a little bit of your beautiful energy. And I like to kick these podcasts off with just an introduction. So I would love to hear from you. Who are you today and why are you the person that you are today? Oh, this is such a big question, such a juicy question. Um, you know, I actually just published my book and a big part of that has been going back on my own personal story is like, what were those initial breadcrumbs that led me to what I do today, to who I am, to the witch of Wall Street, all of it. And now understanding my manifester type, it makes a lot of sense why I always felt like different as a kid. Like I definitely didn't really feel like I fit in. I was just different. I just knew that. My mom knew that. It just was different. And I had different ambitions and different drive and different energy. But I guess a little bit of context just around how did I get to where I am today? I was always a really ambitious young girl. And, um, you know, a couple of early instances in my life around money made me realize that it was going to be really important for me. Now, later on in life, I've gone through my astrology chart and I see that that maybe had all been predestined there but I decided to go where I thought you would make a lot of money which was finance I liked business I liked numbers and things like that so it seemed like the natural progression and up until that point especially living in Ireland so about 19 when I started studying finance university the idea of personal development spiritual growth the things that we so naturally talk about today were like so taboo, so woo-woo, like, and not in the way that I describe woo, which is like so freaking awesome. Like woo where the people are like, oh, she's lost her mind, that she needs help and not in a good way. So I was studying finance. I went to work in Dublin and corporate finance after that and got my chartered accountancy qualification. So it was being like, 
on the right path, right? So what society tells you to do and to be successful and happy and fulfilled and all those things. And then a very chance meeting with someone connected my path with Bob Proctor, who was probably my first introduction into real manifestation, real creation, real personal development. And I took a crazy leap of faith in myself. I got a massive loan, flew to Toronto first class, which is just, I love like the 25 year old me who just decided to like, go do that. And that journey completely transformed my way of thinking, how I saw the world. I really got to understand my power of creation. And when I came back home, I quit my job, moved back home. Everyone thought I was gone crazy. I literally was having a mental breakdown but I knew there was something bigger for me and I could just sense it and I could feel it even though no one else could and I couldn't describe what it was. And after that, I ended up manifesting the most incredible career journey in London and traveling the world and getting to work with multimillionaires and billionaires and all board positions. And the reason I mentioned that is twofold. So firstly, I was catapulted into a very different community of people who thought differently, who interacted with money very differently, especially compared to the people I used to hang out with in Ireland, where money is like, there has this taboo around it being evil. You don't talk about it. It's, you know, to want it, it's being very greedy and these very negative connotations. These people loved money. They loved sharing money, making money, managing it. A lot of them were sharing about how they were investing their money, which even though I knew theoretically, I'd never actually met someone who was an investor. And at the same time, I was working in these boardrooms and I was the only woman in the room. And eventually, you realize something needs to change. And so kind of merging those two worlds together was being the breadcrumbs, the starting point of how I got to where I am today, why I'm so passionate about teaching women around finance, around self-empowerment through financial management and investing. Um, So that's a little bit of color, a bit of context as to how this manifester got to be here. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing this with us. And I have to say, listening to you speak, I can like feel your design. And I want to explain it to the people who might not know a lot about what it means to be a manifester or human design in general. So our manifestors are here with the the broad, the overall purpose to initiate and spark change, to do things differently where you've shown so beautifully. You saw all these men sitting in the room, you saw there were no women and you you knew, no, this is not okay. I will create some change here. I want to make finance and I want to make finance first accessible for women. And then I want to combine it with all these um, more spiritual, what we, what you call woo things and bring those amazing things together. And so that's the overall purpose of a, of a manifesto. Oftentimes manifestors are being described as feeling quite different and knowing that early on, like, like you shared earlier. And I would love to hear from you when you said you were feeling different early on. What was it that you felt different about? Could you give us an example of that? Yeah, it's like, it's a feeling of just never really fitting in like trying to and wanting to, but just never really being part of a clique or I don't know. I just like never really felt like I fit in. 
And even my mom used to say it. So I think that used to like affirm it for me as well of like, you're just really different, even to your sisters. Like you're different to your sisters. And we just had different desires. We taught differently. We were just very different, even though we all grew up in the same household. And so I just always had this sense of not fully fitting in, not that I was a, a loner, like I had lots of friends, but I just never felt like, yeah, the same. And it used to really annoy me. So I'm like, why can't I just be like that? Or why can't I just be happy in a nine to five? Like when I left to start my own business, when I left my corporate career, it used there would be moments where it used to frustrate me and I'd see like ex-colleagues or women I'd know. And now they were getting married, they were having children, and they were continuing that career path that they were on. And I was like, why couldn't I have just stuck with the thing that I'd studied for years? I was on this great career track. And there'd be moments of like, why, like, why wasn't I able to just follow that path that seems to make them so happy? But knowing my design was like the kind of confirmation and the like loving support to myself of like no you're on the right path especially in those moments as an entrepreneur as a business owner where it's rocky and you know even personally as you're going through that journey you might be on the lower point of that roller coaster ride it was always just that confirmation of like no you're on the right path you never could have done this differently you never could have stayed there and followed that path and being true to yourself or truly satisfied so yeah, it wasn't one thing. It was just a feeling, just a sense. Mm, thank you for sharing that with me. And I think what you're describing is, I don't know whether you know that, but manifestors have the biggest aura of all the types. So you, when you enter the room, you will be noticed. And for a child, that can be quite a lot because they know that, you know, everything they do, whether quote-unquote positive or negative they will be noticed for that and for some people that means they start turning their light down because they feel like oh my god I've said this thing or did that thing and it wasn't received the way I've intended and I I've, I ha don't have anybody who shows me how to deal with this bigness so I'll turn it down to make it easier for me to fit in and I don't know, that might be something you have experienced too. But I want to um, move on to what you just mentioned, learning your design helped you in your ent entrepreneur journey. And I would love to hear, when did you find human design? And I think you've already spoke about that a little bit, but how did you resonate with it when you found it for the first time? Yeah, so it was back in 2020. I was working with this amazing coach, Vanessa Halleck, and part of her coaching program, she gifted me a human design reading. And I didn't know what this was. It was still like 2020, relatively new. On social media, it wasn't popping up as much as it is today. Um, and so I went to the session and I was quite mind blown because it's like one of those moments, if anyone's ever had their human design read, I'm sure they can resonate with the fact it's, it's not necessarily new, but it, for me, it was very affirming of like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Now I get it. And it can almost just be like, you give yourself a break. Like, so, okay, I don't have to be so hard on myself for being this way. Cause actually this is my design. This is how it's meant to be. And especially for someone, but for me, how I resonated with it. Like I have big ambitions, big goals, big visions in life. Like I want a lot from life. 
And that's how it's meant to be. And it just was like, oh, okay, it's okay to want so much. You actually to try and dim down your desires or try and play small. It's not meant to be how I am. And so for me, it was just a very beautiful, almost like a little universal parent being like, it's okay. You know, you're actually how you're meant to be. You're not meant to be any different. And for me, that was like a very loving, like self-loving moment of like true acceptance of self and how I am. Mm, I love that. And I agree. I feel like so often people say when they come to a reading, I kind of knew that on a very subconscious level, but you mentioning that now makes me feel affirmed. And because I know it now consciously, I can, I can also work with it consciously. So whereas you before might've been like, Ooh, I got all these big visions and goals and I don't really know. Should, is that right? Is that wrong? Am I being a maniac for having these big goals? Like, ugh. And after your reading, you were like, oh, no, that's what it's meant to be like. And I can now actively, now that I know this is the way it's supposed to be, I can actively work towards those big visions. And there's no need to feel wrong or shame or or anything negative, quote unquote, really about um, your trajectory and where you were. hundred percent. And it gives you motivation as well. Like there's some goals that terrify me. <laughs> like the idea of actually like going and doing them are really scary. But knowing your design and being like, oh no, this is how it's you're set up to be can also be the encouragement you need to be like, no, you're going to be supported. This is actually how it's meant to be unfolding for you. And so in those moments, like it is really nice, like affirmation to like, yeah, I don't go for it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So from here, I will want to get into mm, maybe the nitty gritty of what it means to be a manifester. So if we look at a human design chart and, you know, we see the body graph, we see all the centers then we know that you're a manifester when you have an, an undefined sacral center, which is the second square from the bottom that is supposed to be white instead of colored in. And then you'll have another one of the three motors to the throat. So either the root the will center or the emotional solar plexus. And this connection to the throat will give you this, what we call in human design, creative urges. Um, the internal connected flow that you have right, right, rightly plugged into the universe that comes up and gives you this drive to go. And now, why am I mentioning that you don't have a defined sacral center? Because this the sacrals is the, the most consistent motor we have in human design. It's the one that gives you the most consistent life force energy. Now, you not having that means the other motors will give you some sort of energy. You go with the energy, but you really need to be um, observant to when this energy has run out. So what we find often is that manifestors go in little surges and they work, 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 work until the energy has run out and then they go rest. and my first question around this topic is how does this internal flow, the creative urge to do something feel for you? How does it show up in your life? Is there a way that you might even be able to describe it to us? Yeah, so I think I pulled up my chart as you were saying this and I was like, yep, there it is. Um, so for me, one example would be 
the witch of Wall Street, right? So it had been something and like, actually, patience is something I really struggle with, like sitting with an idea and not and it was described to me as a manifesto of like, sometimes you want to get on the fast train, like the speed train and go. And you need to also like slow down, let people get on, <laughs> be okay with that. And the the patience for me can be quite challenging because I can see something, I know what it is, and I just want to like run fast for it. And I've just been learning more and more of like slow, just slow down and like allow your energy to go through all its waves and just allow things to kind of come together. So Back when we met in Costa Rica, um, the seeds were definitely being set for the Witch of Wall Street. I knew I wanted to really focus on teaching women about investing, about money and all of these things. And it started to kind of take some kind of shape in December last year. And I had this such a strong desire to just go like really, really fast with it. And it took everything with me just to like sit and just wait. I knew it was coming. And then in March, it dropped in for the winch of Wall Street. And that was such clarity. And then that just brought this massive surge of energy. And I think within a couple of weeks, I had the new podcast, the website, the program we launched. We had 10 women in our first round and we were going. And it's like that urge of when it's clear and you know it's time to go, like so much can happen in such a short timeline. And for me, that's always been necessary to know because when you're sitting waiting like in my personal experience it can be so frustrating like I just it's so hard and I really have to just manage myself of like just wait it's okay just wait like things are meant to be unfolding as they're unfolding and so I'm not sure if that's more of a conditioning thing for me or more of a manifesto thing but um definitely the patient side of it but yeah, when The Witch of Wall Street dropped in, that was a very clear urge. My book was another one. Like, I wanted to write this since January. And again, it was like, I just never, it didn't feel at the right time. I knew it was there, but it was like, I could have forced myself to sit down and write the book. But I was like, nope, I'm not getting that clear, like, almost like green flag of like, yes, let's go yet. And then um, back in, in September was when I was like, Oh, okay, this is what your book is going to be. And then again, I had it, you know, written and edited within a very short space of time and published. <laughs> so for me, it's that like, it's the green flag of go. That's kind of how I associate with that clear urge. Mm, I love that. And congratulations to your book launch. This is so exciting. Um, it's really interesting what you're describing because as I'm listening to you, I can hear the difference between the idea in the mind and the feeling of the body that the idea has come to fruition and the green flag that you you're describing is something in the body and that's exactly where you're meant to feel it right human design is all about uh transiting transiting the decision making power from our mind to our bodies because our bodies are just so they're plugged in they know so much more than our mind which is mainly concerned with the ego so again this is such a beautiful example of you Yes, you know your design, but without studying in, in, in depth, you know what it feels like in your body and you know when it's go time. Um, from here, it's so we have quite some, some quite important things connected to our type in human design. One of them is the overall purpose, which we've spoken already. 
The the other one is your um, what we call strategy. And for you as a manifester, this would be to initiate and to inform. And the informing piece is something that does not come natural to manifestors and that they need to practice. And the informing piece, so I'll take a step back. What does informing mean? It just literally tells, it means you telling everybody else what you are up to or important people around you what you are up to. So let's go with the book, book example. You'd be like, okay, guys, I'm writing a book don't knock on the door for the next two weeks um, leave me alone and because of this informing piece you can guarantee that no one will pull you out of your creative flow no one will pull you out of your creative search um, but i have heard that this is something many manifestors and manifesting generators struggle with so i'm curious to hear your um, opinion is that something that you consciously do is it something that you do sometimes and then you realize a difference yeah you're absolutely right the informing piece is probably the most challenging one to get your head around and i certainly have not mastered it it's a an ongoing awareness and i think for me even like more broadly speaking, sometimes communicating certain things can feel really hard because our energy is so big. I can feel like I'm too much, right? And it comes back to that conditioning then of like dimming your light. And so there's that cycle that I, in me anyway, that happens. I'm not saying this is necessarily like a manifesto thing for everybody, but I've seen that pattern come up of, I don't want to feel like I'm too much for certain people. So I'm not going to share everything. I'm not necessarily going to tell them everything that's um, that I'm involved in or working on. Um, and I think it is coming back to like, I'm just going to try and keep it a little bit smaller. Like I see this pattern happening <laughs> currently, which is why I can talk about it. And it's like, you're going to step out of your own way. Um, but yeah, the informing piece has always been something. It feels very unnatural. And I never really quite understand who am I informing? Like anyone that's impacted by this, okay, fine. But um, yeah, it's not something that comes natural. And I mean, I'll, I'll post on social media if I'm writing my book and let people know that there's a book coming. Um, and I spend a lot of time alone. So I don't know. I kind of feel like there's not so many people around me to let them know all the time. I just kind of keep my head down and do my own thing. Um, but yeah, there's definitely probably people in my life who are like, she's just dropped off the map. <laughs> like, I don't know where she is for the last few weeks and probably informing them that, yeah, I'm going to be away. I'm going to be focused on this project. And that's not why I'm communicating right now. Um, probably could help a lot more. So it's a good reminder. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And like you said, it's twofold, right? It's for the, the one reason is so that you get the room to do what you need to do. And the other reason is so that people, I mean, you're here, here to inspire people into action so that people who want to follow can follow you in, in the sense of, I don't know, supporting you in the sense of carrying on the energy when your energy has dropped and so forth. So this informing piece as a manifesto is actually quite important and even though the conditioning says oh no I already maybe feel a little bit too much and now I'm saying even more what are these people going to think of me it's actually quite important that we know what you're doing because then we can be like no okay not on this one but oh this one I really want to support you or this one I really would love to be a part in this project do you need my help 
Um, yeah. It's something so, I'm glad you brought up actually on this conversation because I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's necessary. And I forgot <laughs> that I need to get better at informing. Don't worry. It's honestly, every manifesting generator or manifester I speak to, they struggle with this because it's not, nobody has taught you to do that. And um, yeah, so it's just something that you can lean in and practice. Yeah. I just and, like a bulldozer sometimes. I'm like, this is what we're doing. Quite get on the train. We're going. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably going to be nicer for some people around me to just let them know if I've, like what's going on a bit more. Mm. And this, I mean, this the bulldozer energy is not necessarily a wrong thing. It's it's when you're in the flow, you want to go, right? You, you said that you just you just want to go, but by just making this like one minute pause before you jump on the train and you're like hey I'm going there um you ensure that people can come with you or uh, leave you alone while you're doing what you need to do and yeah the bulldozer energy is actually totally aligned it, it's just a an unresourceful word I want to call it um let's call it the creative flow okay I like that one a lot a lot better <laughs> yeah me too all right um another thing that can happen with with um manifestors who try to work like a generator or a manifesting generator which would be the types that have that defined sacral that have this life force energy that they can always draw on is what we call manifestor burnout so when you go through the the waves and you don't really listen to the wave you keep going as your energy drops down I'm, I'm making this wave-like motion here with my hands for the listeners who can't see that. Um, when you push through that, you can hit burnout because you're not listening to the um, internal source of energy. And that's something that I, as a projector, have experienced too. So I would love to hear your um, experience. Is that something that you have had to go through? Yeah. like. I, because we kind of were brought up in a world where most people are generators with that defined sacral, like it's become the very normal hustle grind movement that you think you need to kind of jump on. The thing for me, and I really, like I have definitely struggled with the not hustle mode. I spent the better part of 10 years working in finance around predominantly all men who were very, I would imagine, had a lot of defined energy it was go 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 all the time and so even you know if we even sink in with our moon our own cycles as well just even as women we know that we never even have the ability to be consistent regardless of a defined sacred or not and even more so if you don't have a defined sacral to know where your energy is at um but I can feel it like I can feel when I'm on a project and it's like um I know we're not necessarily meant to see things and to, to finalize projects to finish them. A lot of them I end up finishing myself and I can definitely feel toward the tail end of like, okay, I'm sprinting right now, but I know as soon as this is done, I'm going to have to put the brakes on. And so I'm like very tuned into my body and very just aware of like, okay, I can feel this coming up that it's like I'm pushing a little bit too hard right now and this is going to need to slow down very soon. But then once it dies, like I really tap out, like I'll go for a week in the mountains and just 
I'm, you know, do the bare minimum in my business, maybe an hour or two a day or something like that. So it, it does feel sometimes a little bit on the extreme scale of like all in or just kind of, you know, coasting as such, just kind of um, tapering by and then a kind of a big surge again. But it's important to know. I think it's a necessary conversation to have. And I think it's important for manifestors just to be aware of like, you're not going to have the same consistent energy and not to feel lazy because it was one of the things I was so terrified that people would call me was like, oh, you're lazy, you know? And it's like, no, you just work differently because, um, and again, it's a conditioning thing, but for me to even know that when I do work, I can do so many things with great focus and great energy behind it versus maybe just consistently on the grind constantly. So yeah, that's what it is for me. Mm, I love that. And is there something that helped you get in tune with your body to really sense when the energy is on or off? Or was that something that was always kind of there and you just needed to listen? No, I think the biggest thing was awareness. Like even just knowing through human design, like you're going to have these surges of energy. You're going to get an urge. There's going to be the energy behind you to do something. You're not always going to necessarily be the one who's going to complete it. And to know that you don't have the same energy resources so I think for me that the awareness has been the biggest piece because in those moments where I start to feel like oh I'm really pushing myself too much instead of like some limiting voice coming and being like oh like you know just stay focused just keep going like you're stopping lazy or whatever I have a much more loving voice that's like oh yeah honey because this you're not meant to be running at this pace it's okay you're gonna need a break you're gonna actually need to slow down and so the awareness piece has been the biggest thing to know you're not the same as the person next to you you're not meant to be your energy is going to look different especially in relationships if you have a partner that's like up at 5 a.m and can just go 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 all day and there's sometimes you're like i get out of bed or i'm just i need to spend a day resting on the couch um and to just be really aware because that limiting voice can creep in otherwise um, to tell you that you should be doing something different when actually you're doing what your body needs. Mm, I resonate with this so deeply because obviously as a projector, I also don't have a defined sacral. And sometimes I do nothing for the whole weekend and on Monday too. <laughs> and there's so much conditioning around even how you're resting. You're not meant to watch TV. You're not meant to do this, this and that. And I just really want to encourage people to, if it gets you to listen to your body and if it's watching TV the whole day, but that means that you're resting, then go with that for now. Yeah. Because the most important thing is that you are listening to your body and not trying to push through like, um, like you might see it on the uh, right or left side, um, the people around you. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, yeah. Um, the last piece I would love to speak about is also connected to type and it's what we call our not self theme and our, um, a signature. I and those are the, already. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those are the emotional cues that we got from the universe to show us that we're in alignment or out of alignment. And we'll start with the not self theme because I like to finish on, on the high. Um, so the not self theme for you as a manifester would be anger. Mm. Um, what's your relationship with anger like? Better now as an adult, but like. 
I think for anyone who has a manifestor kid and it's like, you know, when I have children, it's something and be so just aware of their own design because I think naturally we misunderstand our children because we can do if we don't understand their design because they're all going to be so different. And I certainly, as I said earlier, was really different to my sister's in a lot of really positive ways, like a lot of positive attributes. But the not so positive thing was that I was so misunderstood so often. Anger was something that as a kid, when I reflect back, it came up a lot for me. Like, you know, and we grew up in our like Catholic island. Like I used to be told there's a devil inside you because there was like I used to get so angry about stuff and I didn't know. And so um, temper tantrums were just like a big theme. And I think when I look back, I'm like, oh, bless my parents firstly as well. They didn't know what to do with me. But also bless that little girl because like she just had so much energy and all this like and she was so misunderstood. And so this came out in anger and like no one understood why and just thought you're being really bold and like wrong and bad. And so like, you know, there was a lot to that. So as an adult, like I think the kind of flip side of the anger was passiveness, which isn't healthy either. And it was the other side of the anger was like, I'm not going to assert myself. I'm going to be so freaking likable and almost to the point of passive, which again, is an, it's a not theme self. It's a repressed form of anger, right? It's when we don't allow the anger to come out. Yeah. We just need to turn everything down because when we don't lean into those intense emotions, the only way for us to keep it down is to turn everything down. And that's where you end up with your passiveness. Yeah. Massively. Um and it's interesting because relationships are always like the biggest mirror. So I've seen that, especially as an adult, like the most in relationships of just being so freaking passive with ex-partners, like because, um, yeah, it's the, as you said, the flip side of the anger piece. But thankfully, I have a lot healthier ways because like anger still comes up. And, you know, I see anger now as like a good thing. It means that like something's not in alignment or there's something off or my, some it's trying to tell me something. So instead of trying to like, bury it down or run away from it or like shut it off I just allow it to flow through me and so one of my early coaches who I got the human design through Vanessa you know she'd give me these prompts that which I or these exercises which I still use today of just like um grabbing some paper and just writing out everything you're angry about but like in the most ferocious way just like letting it all flow out and then ripping them up or burning them or Danheim is one of my favorite artists to do anger dancing to and it's like tribal viking music and i put that on and i just like shake rage dance let that energy flow through like breath work screaming the tribal scream and breath work like all these practices that just support that emotion to come through your body and not get stuck because i think when i didn't know how to process it that's all that was happening was like it was still there but it would just get trapped be like blanketed in passivity but still have this inner anger, you know, and it was, it was not healthy. So now with more awareness, um, finding ways. So anyone who's a manifestor or who has manifested in their life, you know, finding ways for them as well to like allow the anger, first of all, recognize it, acknowledge it's okay. It's here to tell you something that's not the enemy. It's actually your friend. Um, it's not something to be afraid of or that we have to hide from but also knowing that we don't want to keep it in us. We don't want to keep it stuck. And so allowing it to flow through us. For me, scripting, breathwork, rage dancing to Dan Heim are my go-tos, my go-to strategies for it. 
Mm, thank you so much. I couldn't have said that any better. It's, yeah, like you say, it's so important to let it move you and to recognize it as this amazing goalpost, really, that you have in your life that is telling you, maybe not that way. And there was something going on here that wasn't necessarily a good fit for you right now. But because of this anger, you can see it and you can navigate around it or with it. And yeah, our not self themes are never anything. They're never bad. It's like Richard Rudd says it so beautifully in the gene keys. The gene keys are kind of like an expansion on the all the gates we have in human design. And instead of just having one theme, Richard Rudd expanded it to having a shadow expression, um, a light expression, and a acidic um, expression with which the acidic is the enlightened version, so to say. And he really emphasizes that we have to go through the shadow to get into the light. That's a way, like it's not, we can't, there's no other way to get into the light and the shadow and the light, like yin and yang, they, because there's one, there's the other and just, you can't have only one. So I really love what you said about anger there. And I think our listeners will really benefit from the tips you shared with them. Um, let's move on to peace, which is your signature, which is a sign that whatever you've done or you're done in the day or just done is or was in alignment. Would you mind sharing about your relationship with peace? Yeah, I mean, it actually isn't something that I had awareness of or I suppose like an intention around peace until 2015, 2016 is something that alternative wasn't just passing through my life um and something that really supported me in that was the work I was doing with Bob Proctor at the time even though I didn't know about human design and it comes back to what you said at the start Paola of like you don't need to know everything about your human design to still be living in alignment with it because you're going to get the cues from your body of like what feels good what are you being called towards what feels you know, in resonance or in alignment without ever even knowing, oh, but this is because I'm a manifestor or I'm a projector or whatever. Um, and some of the exercises Bob had given us, one of them was called serenity, which is peace, calmness. And it was writing out this small passage from a book, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. You can get it online. I highly recommend it to anybody, but especially my manifestors listening. And bringing more calmness and peace into your life, serenity, writing that out every single day for 30 days alongside your gratitudes. And I had one of the biggest, um, probably most profound shifts in my life. It was like the setting up of what would become like a very big life transition in the most incredible way possible. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh, I really was focusing on bringing more peace and calmness into my life. Um, so I think that was probably the first time that I connected intentionally with that state of being um but you know daily practices like meditation even sometimes they don't work so great for me my mind can be super active so meditative walk or um breath work still my favorite tapping and things like that just to help with the nervous system regulation come back to being calm being peaceful have always been kind of my go-to's Mm. And I love that you bring that up because nervous system regulation is really 
um, the foundation of even being able to feel peace. When we're stuck in fight or flight and when we're on edge all the time, peace is not something that your body is naturally going to. So by practicing these calming exercises, you're actually making so much space in your life for peace to be sensed, whatever you you would describe it in your body because I do think that peace is quite an abstract um, concept. Like my signature success, it's also like, okay, what does it mean for me? And I guess let's end on that. What does, we're not ending on it yet, but what does peace mean to you? Um, it's calmness. It's like, for me, it's just, I suppose it comes back as well to alignment. Like peace for me is knowing that I'm moving in the right direction, that things are unfolding. I guess that I'm manifesting things as I'd to be in that sense of peace of knowing where I'm going. So I guess that's how kind of I define it and a peaceful mind, you know, like a loving, peaceful mind of where I'm at, where I'm going and of self as well. Mm, thank you. So now we're going to finish on the question. Um, I like to ask people that I get on the podcast to share three things in your case, that you would um, recommend to other manifestors or maybe somebody who's living with a manifestor to get in alignment or help them be in alignment? Um, a big one for me, because we have in a defined throat center, right? So a big one is doing some work around expressing yourself. Um, for me, that looked like training as a public speaker, and I know I am most lit up, most on purpose when I'm on a stage, when I'm speaking, it comes most natural to me versus writing or anything else. So doing some work, unless if you're not already there, where you're supported in sharing your message, having the confidence to actually use your voice for expression, that has been such a beautiful gift in my life and I know it's very aligned with being a manifestor as well as using that throat center and um, so that would be one thing I think this before you go to number two I'll just sorry to interrupt you here I just want to <laughs> add to this this is such a beautiful example because you like we said you are manifest you have them a motor to the throat so by using your voice and actually practicing using your voice without planning it out in the mind because you might have a connection of the head or ajna to the throat and then yes, you can speak your mind. But a core thing for manifestors is that they have something from the body connected to their throat. So sp speaking without knowing what's going to come out is a really beautiful thing that you guys can do. Sorry, I'll let you continue. That's all right. No, I'm glad you you shared it because even I was like, yeah, no, that is something from manifestors that defined throat center and it makes so much sense. So I think if someone hasn't connected to that yet, to it could be something really beautiful that they'll experience as well. Um, I think the second piece is actually just, which one will I say second? Um, it's an understanding and appreciation of self and your visions and your ambitions in life and like it being okay that you're actually supporting those and you know, if you're, if you feel different to those around you, like we're all going to feel different to each other anyway. It doesn't, you know, I'm not trying to say it's just a manifester. Everyone's going to feel different in a different way, but that it's okay. Like you're destined to do certain types of things in life and they're going to be potentially quite big and it might be scary and other people might not get it. And that's actually really okay. Um, and I think just having that understanding of like, 
for me anyway, at least it was, oh, it's okay to want to do these things. I don't have to try and um, limit my ambitions and that's okay. Mm, again, you're here to lead your people, not all the people. So again, what you shared is so in alignment. Yes, it's probably not going to resonate with everybody, but that's in alignment with you because, I mean, you're here for specific people, not for all of them. For sure. I mean, the witch of Wall Street bringing like investing with manifesting, like no one, I haven't seen anyone else who's doing that. So I know it's not going to make a lot of sense for a lot of people. But for me, it's like the most obvious thing. I'm like, of course, I'm the witch. Of course, we're going to merge wealth and woo. Like those desires, they may not make sense to others or maybe even yourself all the time. But like when it comes up and you feel that strong urge to go with it, like just go and trust. Um, Best decision I've made in my life for sure. And thirdly would definitely be around the anger, right? Not to be afraid of it, not to fear anger in your body and just to be okay with it moving through um, and having your own processes so that it doesn't get stuck, that it's not something you're going to flip into passivity, um, but you can recognize it, you can embrace it actually and just like allow it flow through yourself. Mm, thank you so much. This is going to be so helpful for anybody listening today that is a manifesto and lastly before we wave you goodbye where can people find you where can people connect with you listen to your podcast i'm going to link all of it in the show notes but share it with us here oh, thank you darling um so lauratynan.com is my website most things are linked on there um we have the podcast the witch of wall street and my new book is by the same name the witch of wall street which is on amazon now it's amazing if I can say so myself. Of course, you have to believe in your own work that you're putting into the world. It's an amazing book. Um, and on social media, on Instagram, it's witch of underscore Wall Street. Thank you so much, Laura, for being with us here today for all your insights and wisdom, honesty and vulnerability. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Pella. I love what you're doing on this show. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for being here today and listening along to Human Design 101 with me, your host, Paula Fehrmann. I trust that you received exactly what you needed from today's episode, and I love how the universe matched us today. If you enjoy listening and learning with me, please leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast so that more people can unlock their true selves and ultimately become who they were meant to be using human design. Until next time, lots of love and bye-bye.